Hello everybody, Tom here. Sorry to have to make this apology two weeks running, but again, some problems with the microphone that I've been using specifically in terms of an echo, which you will hear at points during this week's episode. Not quite sure why it's happening. We think we're going to invest in some pop filters, which we hope will solve the issue, but it's a pretty high-end microphone and we're a bit disappointed that uh, our new investment isn't quite working out as planned but hopefully you can still enjoy the show and it will be fixed we hope next week thanks very much enjoy Listening to the Park Rush podcast. This is a theme park podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me for the first episode of 2019, it's Josh. Hello there. How are you doing? Good. Yourself? Not too bad. Happy New Year. Yeah. How's 29 treated you so far? Is it better than 2018 yet? I am glad to be on the roller coaster of life once again for a new track segment. Indeed, indeed. I uh, hope you've had a happy New Year so far as well listeners apologies for the uh, audio quality of a couple of the episodes we put out over the christmas break uh, this omnidirectional microphone does in fact only really want you to talk into one part of it otherwise it sounds like you're in something of an echo chamber i suppose yes which ironically is kind of this whole podcast because i'm not convinced anyone listens to it <laughs> other than myself but we're plowing on anyway yeah. josh coming from the uh, the control room of the roller coaster that is the park rush podcast indeed once again. Yeah, we're powering on despite the fact that there's been next to no news. Yeah, quiet one. So I guess we could very quickly touch on maybe the only thing I've seen, which is that they've unveiled a new 30th anniversary logo yes. for Disney Hollywood Studios. Yeah. Still called Hollywood Studios, despite rumours that it will change fairly soon. Yeah, rumours galore. It's got a Mickey on it and a Minnie on it, Josh. Yes. In a sort of... What you told me was like the modern take on those. Yeah, characters. so it's the animation style of the uh, current animated series. Yeah. And also the uh, same art style that we used in the uh, Mickey's uh, Runaway, whatever it's called, that's replacing the Great Movie Ride oh, yeah. in the Chinese theatre. Okay, cool. Have you watched any of this cartoon? I have not. No, can't no. Say I have. Uh, I'm still not sure not. how I feel about the art style. Right. I, I, I kind of thought they were going to go and do something quite vintage with Mickey and Minnie. I thought that was kind of the idea behind the ride, but obviously it's going to be a, the more modern take on those. Yeah, I guess it's guys, a sort of modern, really modern neo-classical Yeah, they're kind of Mickey, are, trying it? to appeal to all ages. Yeah, it's maybe. like a new take on old Mickey. Yeah, it's not the 3D monstrosity of a Mickey that oh, we've God. been looking at in Disneyland Adventures on the Xbox. No, or um, uh, Magic Kingdom's... Yeah, for re for reasons that we probably shouldn't get into, we've played a bit of Disneyland Adventures on the Xbox. I'll tell you why I started playing it, actually. Obviously, we've just come off Christmas. Yes. Christmas is like the one day of the year my family will at least pretend to be vaguely interested in what I might be playing on the Xbox or something. Of course. Because I'll bring it downstairs, because chances are I might have a new game to play or something like that, and I don't yeah. want to lock myself in my room if I want to have a go no. on it. No, yeah. And my sister came in. I was playing something that was a single-player game. And she said, oh, have you got anything we could play together? 
I went into the uh, game library on my Xbox, and that was one of the first things I saw that I was pretty sure was co-op. It was Disneyland Adventures. So I stuck that on, and it's 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 not great. Um, Conceptually, I'm kind of into the idea of just being able to explore a virtual Magic Kingdom or Disneyland. Disneyland, Whenever yes. I feel like it. But, uh, yeah, those 3D Mickeys and Goofies and Donalds and everyone really look like they've been, they've come out of a, of some creepy wax factory. Yeah. And sort of been put on a bonfire for I, some I mean, I've seen time. worse. What, you, what, in real life or? Have you seen the original Mickeys that were walking around, Mickey and Minnie's that were walking around Disneyland when it first opened? I have actually, yeah. yeah. They're pretty creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Kill, kill them with fire, I say. Yes. Um, I mean, they're, they're kind of in the Disneyland Adventures game. They maybe look like those ones that have been killed with fire and now have like reanimated themselves. And yeah. yeah. Give I, themselves a new look of paint. They, they look a bit, bit like um, the ones from the modern retelling of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, I'm which is familiar. a Disney Channel show. Okay. But yeah, that game is not uh, great. It's it's fun to walk around the park and sort of notice things from real life, but then the actual experience of going on the rides. What is the uh, point of it? What is, what is the game? So you're a kid going to Disneyland and you get given like quests by all the different characters. They're normally completely mundane, like go get an autograph off Goofy or find some thingy-mabobs for Ariel that are scattered around the park. Right. There are also coins everywhere that people have presumably just dropped around for some reason. The economy of Disney World is is atrocious. <laughs> it's it's actually preferable to the real life economy, I suppose, because obviously everything's a rip off in real life. Yes. Whereas here, there are just coins scattered across the ground everywhere you go, and you can very quickly pretty much. I bought every single pin badge in the gift shop wow. without really thinking about it. Wow. Which I could only dream of being able to do. In they're real a, they're life. real expensive. They certainly are. There is um. There was a game that they were doing at Animal Kingdom. I don't know if they're still doing it now. Where you had to use your, you bought a pin thing, and then that pin led you to another place where you could buy another pin. But it was like a puzzle game, like a treasure trail. Oh, okay. Like Easter egg type thing. But at each point, you had to buy the next pin to be able to then find where the next pin is to then buy that one. That's messed up. Yeah. Can you imagine doing an Easter egg hunt and finding the egg and then being told, it's Fiverr, please. I think it was like 25 bucks at the end of it that you paid. Jeez. You do get a free pin at the end if you get them all. I used to collect the pin badges, I must say. I do still have a little... uh, I bought one of the little folders that you pin them into. Right, yeah. So I still have some. I used to wear them on my hat when I was a kid. I used to have some pin badges on my cap. That's quite a cool idea. I'd walk around the park. And, and there were sometimes, I remember vividly actually, one time at Islands of Adventure, one of the pin traders said, Hey, you got some cool pins there. Want to trade? I was like, nah. Nah. Didn't do any trading. Yeah. But, um, pin trading seems like quite a big thing, though. Some yeah, I them, guess it still is. That's how you find some of the rare ones. Yeah. There's a big trading outpost, isn't there, at Disney Springs. I assume it's still there. There's pin trading at all of the hotels, mm. uh, or the majority of the hotels, uh, a lot of the shops. Uh, and if you you can walk up to any Disney staff that right. has a pin thing on of lanyard with pins on and trade with them, and they basically can't say no. Can you imagine if they they did that? But actually, no, mate. Yeah, I could come up to them with my like comic relief pin that I have <laughs> like, in the same collection just because it's a pin I have. Yeah, and just trick them like this is super rare back in the UK. Let me tell you, this is the one everyone wants. So if you give me that vintage 1971 Mickey Mouse. I'll give you this uh, comic relief. I, I think you have to trade Disney pins. I don't think you get to trade. I can't give him a Spider-Man. No. But he's Disney now, well, technically. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess if it was a, it has to be a Disney official Disney made pin hmm. for trading. Right. Wow. That maybe there are some that are like triple, my plan. triple backed pins and everything. Yeah, some of them would get pretty crazy. Like I probably got out of the pin badge collecting game just on the cusp of them getting a bit crazy. Like, yeah. I've got some that are sort of layered and a bit three D ish. I've got a cool Spider Man one where it's Spider Man where the main part of the pin is, but then there's like a chain leading up to a bit of webbing that oh, also has cool. a pin on it. So it kind of that one's maybe my most extravagant pin. I can't like you can get the old uh, Epcot logos in as pins, which are which is just kind of cool. Mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this Disneyland Adventures game, I don't recommend it. If you're familiar at all with the Connect, it used to be a Connect game. Connect two, and then they re-released it and stripped all the Connect stuff out. Yeah. So all the mini games, which are how you experience most of the rides, is just a variant on exactly the same thing of your character basically floating through midair and you guide them to collect coins. Right. Obviously, when you were doing it on Connect, you would move your body around. Yes. But now you're just moving the analogs. It's the most mundane, yeah. uninvolved gameplay I maybe have ever experienced. I guess it is on Game Pass, though. So It's true. It on is the on the Xbox, Xbox Game, Game Pass. Pass. So you could try it out if you're a member of that and yeah. put, off, Not a put sponsor. yourself off going to Disney World ever again. Yeah. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Certainly not. But that's not why we're here, Josh. I'm no. pleased to say that we're not here just to spend uh, half an hour or whatever talking about Disneyland adventures. And, and pin trading. And pin trading. I could do a podcast about pin trading. Maybe we should right? at maybe, some point. Maybe we should. I should bring my pin badges into the studio. Tweet at us if you think we should do a pin trading Pin uh, trading podcast. podcast yeah. yeah. Uh, what we're actually here to talk about is another video game. Yes. In fact, Parkitect. Park E-Tech. Which is a very much in the vein of a Roller Coaster Tycoon, a spiritual successor to Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, I believe. Yes. Um, and it came out in full release yep. just before Christmas. It had been in early access for quite some time. Yep. So we both jumped in and played a, a decent amount of it since it's been out over the break and stuff. And I've always been a big like Roller Coaster Tycoon guy, growing up especially, when I was getting ready to go to Florida or when I just got back, that was my sort of peak rollercoaster tycoon playing time. One, to get in the mood and then to try and take inspiration from all the parks I'd been to and build my own take on them. And I think the best one I ever built was something that started off as I want to build Islands Adventure and instead just turned into a Jurassic Park. <laughs> and that was pretty cool. I got pretty hard into the mod scene of Rollercoaster Tycoon 3. Have you, um, quickly, like off topic, have you played the Jurassic Park game? No. I kind of want to play that. Evolution. Yeah. Jurassic World. Yeah. I heard it was not quite what you wanted it to be. No, like it's it made by the more... Planet Coaster people. Yeah, but it almost felt like it was a bit more of a... It maybe asked more of you than you would like. I kind of just want to chill and build my own Jurassic Park, and it doesn't feel like that's actually what that game is. Right. It's more of an actual management sim in a way which yeah. that's the thing with these roller coaster tycoon games and now parkitect and planet coaster i feel like those games have got that if you want it but i've always been more of a unlimited money let me build the park that i want to build kind of guy. Just... fair yeah you've played more of it than me i you've have also played some of its i guess not competitor but planet coaster is another roller coaster tycoon game that well roller coaster tycoon-esque game yes another spiritual years, successor but to three yes so like I said, I grew up playing Mario Coaster Tycoon, and one and two were very similar, like isometric, yep, fairly basic. Three, it went full three D. Yes, 
and um, Planet Coaster follows in that. Yep. Follows in the path of that game, whereas Parkitect is a bit more of that old-fashioned retro style yeah. that one it, and two had. It is very much a definite, like visually successor to Roller Coaster one and two. Yeah, definitely. As someone who probably played more of three than any of the other Roller Coaster Tycoon games, to be fair. Yeah. Planet Coaster has always appealed to me, but I don't really play PC games anymore. That's the good thing about Parkitect; you can probably run it on like. A toaster, yeah. so it runs on my MacBook fairly fine. My MacBook does sound like it's going to explode, <laughs> but it runs it fine. I think it's just trying to sort of tell me that, hey man, yeah. you bought me for web browsing. Yeah, mine, my uh, PC doesn't even bat an eyelid at Parkitect, so... Well, what can you say? Yeah. But how much Planet Coaster have you played, firstly? I've played a fair few hours of that. Mm. Yeah, i put a fair bit of time into that one. And you're preferring Parkitect so far? Yeah, so I... I really like Roller Coaster Typing 3, but my roller coaster building skills in 3D is n- poor yeah. at best. Okay. Whereas the sort of isometric style is quite, it's got that limitation that makes it kind of easier, I guess. I guess so. Because you're building like square by square rather than free forming. Yeah. And certainly with Planet Coaster, you can basically free form the whole thing. Yeah. Which is. Nuts. It feels like the ceiling on Planet Coaster is pretty amazing. Like yes. Some of the stuff you can look up on YouTube of people who've literally recreated real life theme parks almost yeah. like square for square is kind of incredible. Yeah, and you can use um like the t- the tools to build basically like you could build the Disney castle if you wanted. Mm. And no problem. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. I feel like Parkitect though, it definitely has like just from looking at it, as we said, it's got a much more simple retro visual style, and that could that, I think that betrays a depth that it does have. Yeah. Both in terms of the management side of it, in terms of you know running the park itself and the finances and managing your staff and guest satisfaction and stuff like that. But even when it comes to building stuff, it seems like you you can have a fair amount of input in even into like fairly basic things like just color schemes and being able to construct buildings and walkways around like food carts for example so rather than have very fair ground looking food carts you could cover them inside a a building and kind of have a more consistent visual style to your whole whole park which is cool yeah it's um yeah to say that the limitation on it helps me out doesn't necessarily mean it's going to hinder other people no like if you have the ability you can go nuts with it yeah and build ridiculous roller coasters and yeah put your your shops into these elaborate buildings and do all sorts and some of the management stuff is actually the quality of life stuff that's come across from roller coaster like they've improved on roller coaster cycling too uh, and then added additional stuff that uh, just builds on the management part of it which yeah uh, is really cool so like the supply line stuff where you have to take it from the depot to take you know the boxes the crates of food and you know umbrellas and things to the shops obviously like it is in real life uh, and then the fact that you can put them on like a pipe like a conveyor belt style that goes underground to a different depot mm-hmm. um, is very much like you would see at Disney World you know with their Utilidor system yeah which is really cool which you've had a look at right you've been I on have, a behind I have the scenes tour downstairs how what does all that stuff look like that's just mad to me on the one hand, 
as someone who's fascinated by theme parks generally, I feel like I'd love to do it. On the other hand, it's like, would it ruin the magic? What do you think the utility doors are like? Uh, I don't, I really don't know. I really don't know. The mines of Moria? <laughs> Or something? I don't have you, know. Have you ever minecarts down there and stuff? Have you ever you had take to... a wrong turning? Are you going to find like all the Disney villains locked up somewhere? That's how I imagine. Have it. you ever had to go down like a fire escape in a bigish building? No. Right. Well, I feel like the worst thing I could possibly see down there is someone who's half dressed as Mickey Mouse. Like he hasn't got the head on yet or something. So it's quite a limited segment of the utility doors that you go down. Okay. And it's basically just a long-ass corridor. Fair enough. And it's just corridors and uh, some rooms off of those corridors. Uh, that you know, a breakout room, a lunch room. Uh, we didn't see any staff without heads on. Oh, I mean, sorry, we did didn't see any characters, characters without heads. Did you on. see characters down there? Though? Uh, no, we didn't see any characters down there either. Oh, I mean, we could have potentially seen characters going off stage uh, to the backstage area but we didn't see any of that either oh okay um, but yeah in Parkitect you can build as you say like this underground maze basically which allows your staff to like ferry things around the park out yeah. of view and I mean it's not been out long enough yet I don't think for people to have really gone to town with some crazy designs but you can definitely see how like you say even though it's got that simplicity you could definitely see people being able to make if they wanted to some pretty elaborate parks yeah they, they could probably replicate existing real life parks pretty well as well if they wanted to i mean i tried my best to get started on not a recreation of islands of adventure but i really wanted to build a park i love the idea of a park with the big lake in the middle and then you have everything around the edge of that yeah but um i think maybe i have to start with something a bit simpler because it was a bit Overwhelming. You, you could do a uh, the opposite of that and do a thought park where it's an island in the middle of a lake. Ah, which is, okay. Which is what thought parks like. That could be neat. Yeah. So, how have you spent most of your time playing it so far? Have you you've been doing like the campaign? I have been doing the campaign. Yeah. So that's sort of giving you objectives and things. What, yeah. So, been you, so, so you you build on. So the first level is obviously a tutorial. Takes you through ride building, queue building, yeah, path building, shops, uh, staff, that sort of stuff. And then from there, it's simple, uh, sort of, you know, get X amount of people in your park, get, you know, a 80% approval rating, get um, redu- get no loan debt, that sort of thing. Um, and then there's optional uh, objectives on top of that as well. So it's like, um, so one of them, currently one of the ones, there's like a lake in the middle, and it's get 300 guests in your park and also have no loan debt is the two main options. And then there's this optional uh, objective, which is do all of these by September of year two. Okay. So there's like these optional ones, which, you know, get you a better score, basically. Mm. And all the campaign levels in pre-built parks that already have rides and stuff. How, uh, how... Not necessarily already have rides. Some of them already have like scenery. Uh, some of them have nothing at all. Some of them have rides. Uh, it just depends on where you where you come across where the campaign like sets the right, you know, the park. Right. So it's like, oh, this is a park that's down on its luck and yeah. needs someone to rejuvenate it. Oh, okay. Or, or this is a brand new park. Yeah. This like this that. used to be an old mining town. Can you help it out? Yeah. Turn it into like a theme park? Sure. Yes. In my sleep, pal. Yeah. Easy. That's actually been done a few times in real life and hasn't necessarily gone down so well. 
Have you got any examples? There is one. I can't remember. What, I can't remember what it's called now. And it was like a weird park. Cause part Paramount of it. Park. Part of it. <laughs> part of it was on top of a mountain, and part of it was down at the bottom. And there was this. That uh, sounds pretty cool. Train that took you up to the top, but it wasn't really. There was a couple of rides, but nothing like no major rides. Um, but it just went a bit, you know, to rack and ruin. Really, people mm. stopped turning up. Uh, the there used to be an, like a showdown every day in the middle of the Wild West town at the top of the hill. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I I'd love to. I'd love the idea of exploring like an abandoned theme park like that. It'd probably be pretty creepy. Yeah, there was um, Hurricane Katrina. Yes. Killed off one of the Six Flags parks. Yeah, uh, and that is often used for filming. Oh, of okay. Films, believe it or not, movies. <laughs> um, I can't remember. Zombieland, maybe they went to an abandoned theme park at the end of that. Was that that one? Probably not. No, because Zombieland was an actual. Th- well, because it's technically still running that theme park. Like you can't oh, run okay. any of the rides at this theme park because they're all uh, structurally unsound because of the flooding. Right. Um, but they haven't torn it down yet. No, uh, and like you get like urban explorers go there and climb up the roller coasters and that sort of thing, hmm. like crazy people. Yeah, that'd be a pretty cool trip. Yeah, to be fair. Um, but with Parkitect, what I really like about the campaign levels, in terms of the obviously managing finances, sounds super thrilling. But I just really like how much you can <laughs> boil down. How do you want to manage your finances? Yeah. So we were playing just before we started recording and we <laughs> launched an advertising campaign specifically for the turkey leg stand. Yes. A, and a nationwide TV... A TV campaign, Six no less. months. Not flyers. No. Not side of a bus stop. No. I think it was one of the options. Yeah, not a we newspaper. Did, we went full on yeah, TV, TV ad campaigns. You've never had turkey legs as good as this. Champions League final. And you can only have them at Park Rush, the theme park. The theme park, yeah. Pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, so as I said, we've started building our own park rush theme park. Yeah. And And then I drove it into the ground. You then drove it into the ground. Very quickly. Through lack of money. But what's kind of your what's kind of your uh when you when you've got a blank slate as we did at the start of that yes. process, do you have like a go to because obviously when you play when I play Minecraft with you, I'm always amazed at the attention to detail in everything that's been built. And the uh, you're a visionary, Josh. You're a Minecraft visionary. <laughs> well, does that trans- why thank you. Does that translate to uh, Parkitect? Do you or, or other rides of or other uh, games of that type uh, uh, when it comes to building a theme park? Well, my, obviously, Minecraft is really simplistic, so it's mm-hmm. quite easy to take an idea that I have and build it. Yeah. Um, I have I have great ideas. I have ideas of grandeur. That never come to fruition. That never necessarily come to fruition. Oh. Uh, my go-to is often, um, I guess, like we do, in, like a lot of theme parks do, you have that sort of entrance way mm. with uh, shops down the sides. Yeah. It's kind of a go-to. Uh, quite like a like a water feature there. Okay. As you saw. Yes. Um, it's true. And then at the end of that walkway, I like a good like focal piece, which, you know, like people, like you have... Uh, the castles, obviously, at Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like a, a big-ass Ferris wheel. Okay. Yeah, straight down. You can see it spinning. Yeah. Tices people in. Uh, and then behind that, you know, obviously, you have lakes and stuff, but then you kind of want... And sort of like on the periphery of that, you would then have your bigger rides. Yeah. That are sort of in the background, so it sort of leads you further into the park. Mm-hmm. 
that's sort of the so it sort of grows in height from a, not necessarily a small water feature but a you know fairly reasonably sized water feature into the shops into the carousel into the big roller coasters in the background one of the things i really like about parkitect though is for people less creative than myself or people more creative than myself rather <laughs> they can I, I don't know exactly how the process works but there are sort of pre-constructed takes on various rides and things within the game that have yep. been made by other people that you can just plop down in your park yes so i don't know what the process is for once if, if i was to build a roller coaster that i thought was cool how would i then make it available to other people i don't know how that works if you're in but... steam then you can put it into the steam workshop oh okay but then how does it end up because it's all very seamless in the game isn't it it's all yeah. just kind of there well so i think i'm not 100 percent sure but those ones may have already been like made when the game like and put into the game by the oh maybe like stuff that was really impressive during early access yeah. or something like that uh, but I, I really like yeah. that so we were able to put in a pretty elaborate really cool well themed roller coaster into the park yes. with like the click of a button joust much. called joust yes it's a dueling roller coaster a woody yeah but obviously it may well have been joust that proved too much for our finances uh, to yeah. bear at the yeah. end of the day and taking out the park shutting down after two years taking out $34,000 in loans yeah although you did make the point that the game has a pretty unrealistic take on the financial situation which would require or which would mean a park shutting down or yeah or not i guess like everything is like the weird scale of pricing is yeah because that's always that's one of the things about theme park video games that i've always found i've never been to a theme park before that charges you to go on individual rides and has like a fairly uh, affordable entry fee. Like to me, that's like a fairground when you go to fireworks night or something. If I was going to a theme park, I would expect to just pay up front however much it is, and then everything is you just go on the rides as you see fit. Whereas right, these yeah. games always seem to start with the expectation that you're paying to get in, and then you're paying a few dollars to go on each ride. Yeah, and it's I I never had the issue. I don't remember ever having the issue in Rollercoaster Tycoon with changing that so I would make the entry fee like 40 bucks 50 bucks and then all the rides are free I'm not sure yet I haven't played it long enough to know if Parkitect allows for that kind of strategy or whether it'll be like well, what are you doing the rides can't be free certainly the first one yeah uh, first roller coaster tycoon uh, like if you set the price too high on your theme park people just wouldn't come sure regardless of the fact that all of your rides were free mm-hmm. um and then I'm not sure about Rollercoaster Tycoon 2. I felt like it was the same in Rollercoaster Tycoon 2. And I haven't quite sussed out whether it's the same on Parkitecture or not. Yeah. I guess in sandbox mode, it's not really an issue. No. Um, but when you're playing the campaign, you can't do something like... I guess it would probably be less of an issue if, for example, you just closed the park, built it out, made sure it was worth an entry fee, then opened it. Yes. But you can't really do that in the campaign mode because you need to constantly be making money yes. to afford to yeah. build the park out. So. Uh, what I generally tend to do is start in the campaign at least. I start with the camp- with the park being free okay. when there's no when there's no rides. Yeah. And then for every ride, whatever the fee that the ride was going to charge, yeah. I then make that the entry fee to the park. That's a good idea. And then I add each ride's fee to the park price. Does that tend to work out? Uh, to a certain extent. Okay. I haven't got to a point where it's like astronomical yet. Okay. So, yeah. 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 Fair enough. So, how long is the campaign? Is that something you're going to stick with, or you're going to gravitate more towards sandbox stuff? I like to, I like to complete the campaign. I completed the campaign on three. Yeah, it's been a while since I played Planet Coaster. I can't remember if there is one on Planet Coaster or not. Probably is. Um, 
so yeah, I will complete the campaign. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a pretty good campaign so far. Really enjoying it. Fair I enough. like I like the challenge that are because in the sandbox mode you don't really care for the you know the objectives or whatever, even if it adds them. Yeah, uh, which it does. You can add objectives. You can uh, you can have objectives or no objectives. Money or unlimited money. You can put research on or off. Yeah, in the camp uh, in the sandbox, but in the campaign. Yeah, I do like the challenge. Mm. And it seems like it's the type of game that will probably be very well supported going forward. Yes. had a long early access period during which it seems like I had a bit of a deep dive into the Parkitect subreddit. People seem oh, really? pretty happy with how that game developed over the course of the early access and how it's hit. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I don't know how much they've made changes to it since it's been out. I guess they probably would have had a well-deserved Christmas break. Probably just getting back to it now, the developers. Yeah, well, so, I mean, when I picked up the game for the first time, I th- believe it, you could like pick it up for free. Oh, okay. It was that basic, um, and it was like, yeah, this is this is some of my cool ideas. Be cool if they like managed to get it working eventually, mm. uh, and then sort of put it down for a bit, and then came back to it a bit later, and it was you know fleshing itself out, and it, yeah, it's come along quite nicely. Yeah. What 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 do you want? What would you want to see from it going forward? Like it feels like all the fundamentals are pretty much there. To be honest, like there are certain things that are maybe not quite as intuitive as I would like. Especially in the early goings, I found it quite difficult to build the underground tunnels to connect shops and stuff. I don't always feel like stuff snaps into place quite as satisfyingly as I would like. Right? Yeah. You and want there's, a, you there's want benefits to that, and there's also drawbacks. So something as simple as placing down trees. They don't snap into place. You can kind of put them where yeah, they're like, free but form. I would kind of like the option to snap them into place because I don't know. It's my, probably my OCD, or it definitely is. But when I'm like building stuff in games, I like everything to be very symmetrical and yeah. Um, I, I find that with the so the water features are the same, so they're free yeah. form. So yeah, uh, I. So contrary to a lot of people, I really like the water park. And zoo stuff from Roller Coaster Tycoon Three. I also have a, have I, a I guess memory not of country, really liking that stuff. But the a lot of people quite like the, you know, for the core experience of just doing a theme park. Yeah. To be the be all and end all of. Yeah. The theme park, whereas I quite like. I don't know how you do animals in, uh, Parkitect because obviously Roller Coaster Tycoon Three was three D, so it's sort of easier. Um, but I yeah, water park stuff would be cool. I think. If you could open a water park, that'd be cool. Definitely. Um, or a water park section of your park. Yeah. Um, and you can't ride the rides from what we've seen in Park. No. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd like that. I'd like that. I mean, that was, to be fair, that was a, the big selling point or one of the big selling points of RCT3. Yeah. So obviously you wouldn't you wouldn't have been able to do it in one and two. No. Parkitect is kind of following in their footsteps, yeah. I guess. And I guess the the visual style of this just doesn't really lend itself to riding the rides. Not really, no. Um you know when you can ride the rides. Disneyland Adventures on the Xbox. <sighs> hell yeah. We did ride We Dumbo we the did hell Dumbo out of that. Dumbo earlier. And it was a thrill. A true thrill. I was just actually uh looking up when Rollercoaster Tycoon three came out. It came out on my uh twelfth birthday, Josh. Well, congratulations. No, thanks very much. I probably I probably asked for that game that year, I, I would imagine. Uh, and I was just looking up when the uh, expansions actually came out. So, yeah, Soaked and Wild came out uh, for that game, both of which I enjoyed a lot. I think that game is still, like, freely, like, easily available, right? It's not something that's been uh, pulled from marketplaces. And no, I, still... I own that. Yeah. Uh, I might be on GOG. 
Good old I, games. I think you can even get it on Mac. I'd be curious. Yeah, how you it can. I have it on Mac. You can get the platinum version on Mac, which includes the two. It's probably more visually demand. It's probably more demanding on my MacBook Pro than Pocket is actually. It ran on my 2011 MacBook Pro, so did it run okay on there? Yeah. Oh. So you'd expect it to run fine on. Mine's like 2013, 2014. Yeah, I think. You'd expect it to run on that. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Maybe I'll um, give that a go at some point for the nostalgia. Um. But yeah, Parkitect seems cool. I'm kind of very keen to dig into it a little bit more, really. But uh, I've I've kind of certainly since we started doing this, my desire to try out more theme park games has definitely been reignited. Yes. Um. Even even Disneyland Adventures. I think one of the ideas that I'd really like, which I don't know, Planet Coaster, you can't do this, as far as I'm aware. Last time I checked, anyway, um, is to have. Uh, a, a universal style uh, entrance way, a city walk, oh, okay. uh, a uh, downtown Disney yeah. style uh, and then have, because there's obviously that large area in the... That, yeah, so in Pogatech, in the sandbox mode, the, the biggest template that you can pick is huge. Yes. And it's really massive. It's real big. You can't really zoom out. For, I mean, we, we, we later found out that if you change some of the graphic settings in terms of draw distance you can scroll out further but even yes. then it's not really not enough, enough you know? no yeah um and have like a sort of an a entrancey sort of area yeah and then have multiple parks coming off of that that would be cool with a uh, separate entrance fees would be quite cool yeah i'm not sure my macbook could handle that much but... no i'm not sure the game is designed in any way for that no probably not uh, so I'll, I'll keep that for park tech 2 yes maybe yeah uh as I said, having sort of had my interest in theme park games reignited by doing this podcast, I did notice actually, just before Christmas also, that a roller coaster tycoon game suddenly appeared on the Switch, on the eShop. Oh, it's and not. And I looked into it and I believe it is a really terrible... Roller coaster tycoon world. A, a rush job, like port of a mobile game or yeah. something like roller that. Roller coaster tycoon world is real bad. And it's expensive. It's yeah. not what you would... It's not what you would charge on the App Store. No. So uh, fundamentally, uh, if you if I if I'll go through the history of yeah, roller coaster, to, like the state of roller games. coaster tycoon, and so uh, the original guy who wrote roller coaster tycoon in um, basically what it was what people like to call machine language. It so wasn't a Chris Sawyer joint, was it? Was yes. That, oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. I'll I'll look that up just like the uh, Transport Tycoon. We did Age of Empires, right? Uh, Keep talking, Josh. No, I'll, uh, I can't I'll look it up. Uh, so that was done in like machine code, so it was like real low-level languages. Uh, and then Roller Coaster Tycoon was also the same, I believe. Uh, and that's when the Frontier team sort of came on, I believe, or they might come on the three, whatever. Oh, at the end of 2, I think they came on to do the expansion packs for 2. Uh, and then Rollercoaster Tycoon 3 was done by Frontier. Okay. Uh, which is a theme, uh, is a design studio, development studio, uh, more recently well known for uh, Elite Dangerous. Huh. Uh, and uh, more recently, Planet Coaster. Okay. And Jurassic World Evolution. And, and the Jurassic that. World Evolution uh, and Disneyland, Disneyland Adventures. Adventures. Yeah. Um, have you, you you said you haven't played Jurassic World, have you? Um, no. Do, do you have it? Have you have you bought? No, it? I haven't bought that yet. Um, and so at the time, so they weren't brought on to do Road Coaster Tycoon World. 
I think they they got spun out into a separate company after three. Right. Uh, and Atari hired a separate company to do Rollercoaster Tycoon World, built it for as cheap as possible, and it's really quite bad. Uh, Frontier always wanted to make a successor to Rollercoaster Tycoon 3. So with the Elite Dangerous money, uh, they built Planet Coaster. And then I think as a sort of response to how much everyone hated Rollercoaster Tycoon World, there was a Rollercoaster Tycoon Classic made. Which uh, is listed on Chris Sawyer's gameography, um, which came out in 2016 for iOS and Android, and then came out on PC and Mac. Yeah, I believe I'm that's. Not familiar with so, that uh, Rollercoaster Tycoon Classic is a rebuild published of, by Atari. That is a well. So the reason that's on Chris Sawyer's game log thing, I would imagine, is because it's actually the original game. It is Rollercoaster Tycoon One. Right. Re. Uh, Ported to that iOS and Android. Because like Classic is actually yeah, it's yeah. just a port of the first two games. Because they he also, didn't do Age of Empires. I must be thinking of somebody else. Yeah, he did they Transport also, Tycoon. Yeah, and they also ported Transport Tycoon to iOS and Android as well. I believe uh, the controls are just n- not there for uh, maybe on a tablet, but not on mobile. That's for sure. Because I tried yeah. it. Theme Park Games seem to be making something of a comeback. Yeah. You've got Planet Coaster, you've got Parkitect on the, running the roost on PC. Yep. Um, you've got, you know, weird experimental things coming out that are designed to be a bit more console friendly, like this Jurassic World game and yep. whatnot. Uh, Screamscape, is that? What's that? Is Screamscape, that, uh, that, that, was a, that was a Frontier joint as well, I believe. That was on Xbox. Uh, that was a weird one where you were basically building weird roller coasters that had to have like intense like it was all uh like mission based so it was like build a really like super intense ride and build a ride that crashes through 15 buildings and oh right fair enough it was, so it's not really a theme park no game. okay uh, there was was it thrill thrillville i think yeah it was. that rings a bell and then through thrillville off the rails what are these are they on xbox as well yeah they were sort of uh, theme park games as well. Okay. I think they were on 360. Right. Um, but you couldn't build rollercoasters wherever you wanted. You had to build them in set locations and mm. there was only certain rollercoasters you could build in certain places. Mm. Uh, I think that might have been Frontier as well. I Maybe. can't remember now. Don't know. Uh, but the best theme park game on console really was the OG theme park game because that was... Was that on PlayStation? I want to say it was on... Maybe it was on. Mm, don't know. I want to say it was on like a. Yeah, maybe. Like, I don't think Parkitect or Planet Coaster seem like they would suit consoles at all. They're way too. Uh, I know the Xbox has mouse and keyboard support now, so there's potential there. Yeah, to... I think you could you could uh, add uh, support for Parkitect quite easily with. A, well, I say quite easy, not quite easy at all. That's that's unfair to the team over there. Um, but because it's obviously grid based. Mm. You could then use the uh, analog stick to cycle up and down the grids yeah. to place things, which is how old Theme Park used to work. I think Parkitect would be, again, not easier. It's the wrong way of putting it, but it lends itself better. To console more than Planet Coaster, maybe. Yeah, but because we'll, it, because we'll of see. the grid-based structure of it. Yeah, as far as I know, structure. like Jurassic World specifically works pretty much fine on console. It's oh, really? Just, you, you know, if you play the console version, inevitably the PC version is going to be. Be more enjoyable with a mouse and keyboard, yeah, mouse and easier to get things done. To but that. it's not like the console version is bad or anything. No, um, I like you as a Jurassic Park fan, not necessarily a Jurassic World fan, but whatever. 
and a theme park guy, I've always kind of been curious about that game. It just doesn't seem like it is what I would be looking for in in that game. No. But it's been on sale recently, I think, over Christmas on every platform, so maybe it's something we'll check out at some point. But Architect is where my attention is in terms yeah. of playing theme park games, and it seems good. I'm, I'm keen to, to play more. Yeah, I mean, we were having a conversation last night about uh, podcast games. Think, yeah, uh, Parkitect uh, is very much my podcast game at the moment. Games to be played while listening to a podcast. Yeah, such as this. Not games based on podcasts. No. Although, if there is ever to be a Park Rush game, what kind of game would it be, Josh? <sighs> uh, a brutal third-person shooter. Yes. Gears of War. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah. And instead of putting our fingers up to our ears to communicate, we're just carrying around snowball microphones. Yeah. Also not a sponsor. None of that was sponsored. No, absolutely not. I hate Snowball microphones and I hate Gears of War. Yeah. Not a sponsor. Um, but yeah, that'll just about do it, I think, Josh. I mean, pr- assuming that we both keep uh, chugging away at Parkitect, I imagine we could drop back in with some progress reports of sorts as the podcast goes on. Yeah, let us know if you want them Yeah, on the Twitters. Absolutely. And you can follow us as well on Facebook and Instagram. We're Park Rush Podcast on all three of those platforms. And you can email us, Josh Parkrush at podcast.com. No, podcast at parkrush.com. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we own podcast.com. We certainly do. We've been rolling in money since this thing started. And the uh, place to find all, of, all our episodes kind of direct is what? Parkrush.com. It Take sure is. a SoundCloud page. Yeah. Cool. Well, I mean, the plan is to be back next week. We don't know what the news agenda is going to be like, so uh, could just Touchwood, be more architect. It could be more architect, but Touchwood, some stuff happens. And uh, until then, take it easy. Goodbye. See you later.